You're listening to the Call Kent podcast, where Kent C. Dodds answers questions and gives insights to software engineers like you. Now, let's hear the call. Hey, Kent. Um, my name is Angel, and I had a Redux thunk testing question for you. I understand that the recommend, recommended approach is to avoid testing thunks in isolation and instead opt for testing um, or integration testing Redux connected components. The main reason given is that thunks are considered implementation details. My questions are why are thunks considered implementation details? And in the context of async thunks in, R2, in Redux Toolkit, can you give examples of how testing an async thunk might lead to false negatives and false positives? In our tests, um, yeah, so for some context, my team has kind of fallen into the habit of thunk testing in isolation for thunks that are specifically like conditionally calling other actions in the store. Um, yeah, thank you very much and uh, looking forward to hearing your response. Thanks. And that was the call. Here's what Kent had to say. Hey, Angel, thank you so much for the question. So yeah, this was a, a good one. I remember using Redux Thunks years ago when I was at PayPal and testing those was a total nightmare. It was not fun at all um, because this is far uh, like long before I um, actually this might have led into the reason uh, that I do not like testing uh, Redux directly. Um, yeah, or, or anything um, at all. Now, I understand that a lot of people really like testing Redux reducers and stuff because it's just pure functions and all of that. But it, it really is just implementation detail. And the reason why is because the um, there are only two users who um, care about the code that you are writing. It is the end user who's clicking buttons and submitting forms and stuff and the developer user who is rendering the uh, components and, and that sort of thing. The um, Redux, um, uh, I, or, or the, the way that you're managing your state is, um, is uh, irrelevant to both of these users. They don't care about how you're managing your state. Um, and so your tests should not either. So um, uh, the, the fact is that, um, Maybe you're going to keep on using Redux Thunk uh, for a long time into the future, um, or maybe you decide to um, to migrate or move away or, or um, refactor um, certain parts of your app state to use something else. And you want to have tests that are going to help you do that. Um, and so, pretty much anytime you refactor something, you're you're changing the implementation without changing the behavior. And if you need to change your test when you do that, that means you are testing implementation details. And so if you include uh, Redux as part of the um, the way that the test is written, then um, you're going to have to change your test if you ever uh, change that particular part of the implementation. So how do you go about um, avoiding this? Um, you're going to render the component that uses Redux um, and interact with it the same way that the user would. Now, this may be a little bit tricky because uh, you do need to have Redux in context. I'm assuming you're using React Redux, and you mentioned Redux Toolkit. And um, I confess I've not used Redux Toolkit before. Um, I understand it is way better than the Redux that I used years ago. Um, but uh, yeah, so the, this can be tricky. Um, what I normally recommend is you have 
a, a component or, or a function that uh, you call uh, render. Um, so it's like overriding the, the built-in render from React Testing Library. And um, it sets up a wrapper. That this is an option in React Testing Library when you call render. Um, and that wrapper is just your app. And, um, and your app component, like the top level component of your app, uh, this would include uh, the Redux store setup and all of that. Um, and so then your test can be completely free of the implementation detail of uh, not only Redux, but also your router and whatever else. Um, and then the um, uh, when you call render, uh, you render whatever component that you're trying to test, and it will have uh, Redux in context in the exact same way that it is in the app. Now, this might not come across very well in audio form. And so luckily, uh, this is what I do in Epic React. And so I'll add a link to uh, the example or to the workshop app in Epic React to the notes here so that you can take a look at what I mean by this. Um, but it works great, and I um, definitely advise doing things this way. And, and what uh, this allows you to do is you simply interact with the UI the way that the user would. Um, you're waiting for things to show up and whatever, uh, and you don't worry so much about what actions are dispatched and all of that. Um, it Not only does it drastically simplify your tests, it also um, allows your test to give you a lot more confidence, and it... Uh, uh, allows you to um, use your test to give you confidence when you're refactoring, uh, if you ever decide to change the way that the actions are dispatched. Even if you keep uh, Redux thunk, um, you can uh, still get a lot of benefit from your test by avoiding the implementation detail so that you can change the action name or, or the state or whatever it is. So um, I hope that is helpful to you, and I wish you the very best. This has been the Call Kent podcast. Learn more about Kent at kentcdods.com and get your own questions answered at kentcdods.com slash calls.